All right, guys, we are still Genesis chapter four. And the last time we were here, we dealt with the issue of the birth of Cain. And we were discussing the whole issue concerning how Eve saw her giving birth to Cain as a fulfillment of the promise of Genesis three and 15. Okay. And that is for a very quick review guys. And that when she gave birth to Cain, she thought she was giving birth to the promised seed. That is the Messiah. And it also taught us as we looked at that verse really close in the Hebrew text, she thought that the Messiah and she had, remember she had the correct theology. The Messiah would be both a man. And she said, what kind of T ish at Yahweh. I have acquired a man Yahweh. She used the covenant name of God. She thought that Cain was actually the God man. She thought he was God in the flesh. Okay. Which we already, which we already know that that will not be fulfilled until some almost probably what 4,000 years into the future with the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, who indeed is God in the flesh. So we said that Eve had what? She had the right theology that the fulfillment of that Genesis 3 and 15 would be a God man, okay, brought about through a woman, but she had the wrong practical understanding. It was not Cain and she could not do it. Salvation is only the work of the Lord. Okay. So anyway, so we see that great, uh, sort of a a praise, a joy in verse number one, as Eve brings forth her first child, her first man child. And as an aside to that too, also, there were also daughters being born at the time. All right. Scripture just doesn't give giving it mention to these things, but that is the assumption. And not only just daughters, but other we'll find out too later on. And I don't want to talk so much about it. Uh, there were other children continually being born of Adam and Eve, because later on we'll find out when Cain is judged of God. All right. When Cain is judged of God, Cain says, Anybody else who finds me will kill me. Well, what anybody else? Bible had made mention because there were other sons and daughters. And the Bible also talks about Cain having children, Cain taking a wife. So there were other sons and daughters being born by being birthed <laughs> by Eve. And the scripture doesn't mention all of them because these are the key players. Okay. Anyway, let's continue. And again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So now we bring in these two brothers, Cain and Abel. And notice again, again, in verse number one, when she gave birth to Cain, notice Eve had a statement of declaration. I have gotten a man from the Lord. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's give the, let's give the, uh, translation the way it should be given. I have gotten, I have gotten a man, the Lord. Now that's the right translation of the Hebrew text. All right. So, but notice the point is she gave a great declaration when she had the first child, but when she had this second child, Abel, notice there is no great declaration. Now, the reason why I stopped once again, 
to uh, bring that to your attention is simply because she is clearly drawing a distinction in the birth of those two child. And again, it just simply goes to support the translation that I gave you concerning verse one of Genesis chapter four and what Eve thought. Eve believed that this child, Cain, was the God man. That's why she called him. She called him Yahweh, the personal covenant name of God. She didn't say with the help of the Lord. It's not in the text. She said direct object marker, the Lord. So that's what she thought. OK, and notice when we get to here. Now dealing with this second son, no declaration at all. So clearly she saw a distinction between the two of them, right? That one she thought was first. And here's the bottom line, guys, just in case you're not getting it. She thought he was the Messiah. Eve thought that Cain was the Messiah, which he proved not to be. He was absolute failure. He was a letdown. Okay. But now let's get to verse number two, because that's what we're talking about. Abel. And now here's the thing that you need to see about Abel. She gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, it actually in Hebrew is hevel, hevel. It is the word that is used for breath. That's what hevel literally means, breath. And it is translated and understood with the idea of vanity, vanity. So what is that saying? Okay, watch this. So she has given birth to Cain. The great hope is Cain is the Messiah. Cain is the redemp the one to bring about the redemption. Cain is the God man who is going to reverse the curse and provide salvation, redemption for the human race. By the time we get verse number two, we get to Hevel. I'm sorry, Abel. We say Abel, but Hevel. Remember the name means what again? It means that breath. Also, the idea simply means vanity, vanity. So by the time she gets to the birth of the second child, she now has discovered that Cain is not the one to bring forth redemption. And now remember the whole issue, the whole backdrop of everything lies in judgment. Remember what has happened in Genesis chapter three, Adam and his wife. Adam and Eve have been thrown out of the Garden of Eden. Judgment of God has come upon the earth and now the land is cursed and everything is in bad shape. So now we see Cain has now been a letdown. He is not the savior. And now Eve, Adam and Eve, mankind is experiencing the harsh judgment and the what the vanity, the vanity that is coming upon the earth. And so what did she say with the second child? Oh, so you can kind of see her being like, oh, vanity. So now you can see them experiencing the harshness of the judgment that has come upon them through being expelled from the Garden of Eden and the whole situation that took place in chapter three. And now she names her second child because of what the letdown that Cain is not uh, Ish et Yahweh. She's not the God man. That's not who Cain is. And that what? There is no redeeming of mankind. So now we just have what? Oh, it's just awful situation. Hevel. Everything is vain. Oh, and, and notice, and once again, God, just in case you didn't know, 
That is also the idea that we see in the book of Ecclesiastes when, some, when Solomon looks at all of life and says what? All of it is just vain, is just, just thrown into the wind, is nothing, it's worthless. That's what life is. And so with that common understanding, if you took all of Ecclesiastes, that idea, life is just vanity. All is vanity. And so Eve names her second son, Abel, that vanity, vanity is just nothing. Okay. And then she says what? And, and notice verse number two simply gives uh, the occupation of the second son. Abel was a keeper of flocks. And what do we now? Animals are not being killed at this time. That doesn't happen until Genesis chapter nine. All right. To after this whole issue with Noah. But. He is a keeper of flocks because you can get wool and stuff like that and maybe milk from goats and stuff like that. OK, so and that's what he basically does. So it gives the occupations of both sons, uh, Abel, keeper of the flocks and Cain followed in the occupation of his father, Adam. Adam was a tiller of the ground and Cain is also a tiller of the ground. Now, here's what I need to say. There is nothing that that, that appears in the text whatsoever as an indicator of anything negative so far. There's nothing wrong with being a keeper of flock. There is nothing wrong with being a tiller of the ground. And the reason why I bring that this particular part out is because sometimes commentators, as we start going into the other part about the rejection of Cain's offering, they kind of want to make a big deal out of it. But no, they, they just have their own occupation. Somebody has to take care of the animal part, getting the food and the clothing because we can't run around naked anymore. We need to be good. So somebody has to do that part of it. And somebody has to bring forth food from the ground. Otherwise, they're going to starve to death. Remember what God said? He sent him out to be a tiller of the ground from which he was taken. So there's nothing wrong with the occupation. So there is nothing intrinsically, inherently good about Abel's job keeper of the sheep. It's just a job. There's nothing wrong about uh, Cain being a tiller of the ground. That's what God sent man to do. And even God had reared man to do that in the first place in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 2. Right. So there's nothing wrong with their jobs. Now, the reason why I bring that out is because once we get down into the text, it's going to be going to deal with the sacrifices of those two. No, I'm sorry. That was wrong altogether, guys. We're going to deal with the offerings, the mission. I think it's Mishnah is the word being used. The offerings of these two brothers. And then we're going to get into the issue that we have to face here. OK, so but anyway, that's that's that those two things were their jobs. OK, and that's what they did. So let's move. So it came about. Verse number three, in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord. Okay. And here's where we are. And it came about it. Minha. I'm sorry. I think I said Mishnah, but Minha. I don't know why I didn't remember that guys. Cain brought forth an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance 
fail. All right, so now here's that part we were talking about. So what happened? So it came about, and, it, and, and the text does seem to indicate that it was a some set part, uh, some set point in time that, in other words, they knew. Uh, uh, so here we have a form of worship. That's basically what's going on. And the worship involved the presentation of an offering before God. Now, exactly where that offering was before God, we don't know. The scriptures did not say. But what the scriptures did leave off and say was God had manifested, or should we say God had localized, made visible so we can see a form of his presence in, the, in a visible form of, a she, of the Shekinah glory of God being manifested as flaming swords at guarding the Garden of Eden. Remember, we, that's where we left off. When man was thrown out of the garden, God put, remember, he put a cherubim and he also put flaming swords, the flaming, a local visible manifestation of his presence to guard the tree of life so that man could not re-enter the Garden of Eden. Remember that? Okay, so we don't know exactly where these two boys and Adam and Eve as well, that's the assumption here, presented their offerings to God. But this does seem to be a good place for that. So there was some time in which they were to bring forth an offering to the Lord. All right. And now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cain brought Cain. What was his job? He was a tiller of the ground. And the Bible said they both brought an offering unto the Lord. Now, the reason why I'm taking my time here is this. Some commentators believe that, notice, the issue is this. Cain's offering was rejected and Abel's offering was received by God. Some commentators believe that the reason why Abel's offering was received by God and was that because his offering was a blood sacrifice and therefore God was only accepting a blood sacrifice as a form of offering. And so what did Cain bring? Cain brought fruit of the ground. It was no blood involved in his offering. Okay. But now I completely and respectfully and respectfully disagree with that for the simple reason is the word that is used here is not sacrifice. The Bible says for both of them that Cain brought that notice again in the course of time, uh, 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 Cain brought forth an offering. You see that? And notice in verse number four, the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. You got it? Offering. So the word that is used for both of them with respect to offering is minha. It is not the word that is used for blood sacrifice. Minha. So therefore the issue is not. So here's again, here's the point. The issue is not the fact that Cain brought for, did not bring a blood sacrifice. That is not why his offering was rejected because Offering, minha, is used for both of them. Offering 
it is not used as a blood sacrifice. And just in case, guys, and we don't want to get into all of this in great detail, but if you want to see how that such offerings are accepted, turn to Leviticus chapter two, and there you will see the grain offerings that are acceptable to God. And these grain offerings are not blood sacrifices. That's Leviticus 2. So what's my point again? Cain's offering was not rejected because it was not a blood sacrifice. So therefore, there has to be other reasons for why Cain's offerings was, was rejected by God. So now let's go into that. Notice again, when Cain came with his offering, his presentation, Minha, before God, notice what he did. He brought simply of the fruit of the ground. Now, I want to, we got, we got to go into verse number four in order to make the comparison to see why it was rejected. And then we'll move even further out into the New Testament to see, to give an answer to why it was rejected of the Lord. And verse number four concerning Abel, notice Abel brought of his, notice what he brought now. Okay, let me stop again. What was Cain's job? Tiller of the ground. So from that, from his job or from what he did, he would get what? Fruit of the ground. So therefore he was bringing an offering from his labors. What was Abel's job? He was a shepherd. So therefore from his occupation, he would bring what? His offerings, which would be from his flock. It only makes sense. So it made sense for Cain to bring fruit of the ground. It made sense for Abel to bring of the flock because they were from their respective occupations. And it was an offering. It was a minha. It was not a blood sacrifice. It was an offering. Okay, but we're investigating why Cain's offering was rejected. Okay, notice, but in order to see that, we have to look at verse number four. We have to look at what Abel did. Abel brought the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. Now notice what he did. Abel, when he said the firstlings of his flock, that means of the chief of the very best of his flock. You got it? And the fat portions deals with that. That is usually and oftentimes used of the idiom, meaning of the very best of the portions of it. So here's what he did. Imagine it. Abel looked. What is my job? I keep sheep. I'm a keeper of flock. He looked at that flock and he said he found the very best one that he had. He found the very best one that he had. And he offered that very best one that he had as an offering to God. You got it? His very best. But now let's go back. And now we can understand what's going on with Cain when we look at what Abel did. So let's look at verse number three concerning Cain. Go back. Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Notice what it did not say for Cain. He did not bring the very best of his fruit of the ground. 
He just brought God something. So now that's the problem that we have with Cain. That's the distinction that we have with the offerings between Cain and Abel. When Abel brought something to God, what did he bring? Firstlings of his flock. Fat portions, simply meaning what? The very best that he had, the maximum, the very best. What did Cain bring? He brought God a data do. He didn't bring God the best. What did, or in other words, what it seems to imply, he kept the best for himself. And so what did it show? By bringing God a data do offering or not the best, it showed that he did not regard God. He did not set God apart in God's holiness, in God's greatness. It shows that he didn't, he wasn't caring nothing. He just gave God anything. So now we see that Cain had no regard for God. Okay. He had no regard for God. And finally to, to encapsulate all of that, when we go to the book of Hebrews, Chapter 11, notice what it says. By faith, Abel offered up a better sacrifice. Abel offered up a better sacrifice than Cain. But notice what again it says, by faith. So now it tells us when each of these boys, okay, and notice, and I'm, gonna, I'm slowing it down. Let's, let, let's see if we can piece it all together, okay? Everything has to do with the promises of God. And we're going all the way back, guys. Genesis 3 and 15. And I know I'm taking you guys deep in theology. But hey, that's why you're here, right? Okay. God promises through the seed. Okay. Everything. The promises. Promise of salvation. The seed of the woman. Everything is based upon that. All worship is based upon that. All praise is based upon that. All offerings is based upon that. You got it? And so... And, and, what, and what must a person do? Believe these things. Have faith in these things. Believe in the promises of God. You got to believe that because he who comes to God must first believe God, believe that God is, that God exists and that he is a rewarder. So you, if you come to God, you must come to God by and in and through faith, you come to God by faith. You got it? So notice, we look at these two boys, how do they come to God? We see that truly Abel is coming to God by faith, believing in God and saying to himself, and here's where it all comes to an end, saying there is nothing that I can do to warrant God's blessing to warrant God's goodness is nothing that I can do. Nothing. It's not by the works of my hand, but I do approach you, God, with reverence, with fear, with thanksgiving. I do approach you with faith. You got it. I am approaching you with faith. I believe in you. And you know what? You are truly God, the greatest one of all worthy of all that I can do, all that I can give. I give unto you my very best, knowing it's not by what I do, but nevertheless, you are holy God. Remember what God said, I believe it was to the, uh, what was it, prophet Micah, 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 or Malachi, 
when they tried to bring these offerings to God and God said, what do you mean bringing me an offering of goats and sheep, broken legs and put out eyes and all of that? Don't bring me that mess. Offer that to your king and see what he accepted. I am a great king. You bring to me a great offering. Don't bring to me just any kind of thing. And so notice we see Abel here. But Abel is not doing it because he's saying that I'm saying that I'm good and I'm great. So therefore, you know, Abel not on he, the very opposite. You are a great God and I believe in you. Genesis 3 and 15. And I believe in your promises. With a bowed head, he says, accept my offering. So notice by faith, he offered to God this thing. And notice concerning Cain, oh, well, whatever. Cain is like, well, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and God said, and if you come to me treating me as whatever, offering me a whatever, I'm going to look at your offering as whatever. So therefore, God rejected Cain's offering. And that's why. Abel's offering was received by God and Cain's offering was rejected because he did not offer it by faith. And what was the indication he didn't offer it by faith? Abel gave God the very best. Firstling, fat. Cain gave God of that ado, just of the fruit of the ground. OK, and therefore his offering was rejected. All right. And we don't know since I'm here. What indication it was that God gave uh, these two boys that their offering was accepted. I don't know if their offering God consumed it. It kind of makes me think about Elijah. Remember when Elijah was on Mount Carmel and he was with the prophets of Baal and the grove. Uh, he was this whole thing of uh, whatever God is truly God, the one that answers by fire and how God consumed by fire the offerings uh, uh, of Elijah. And you remember that? So we don't know. Did he do that with the boys offering? We don't know. The scripture didn't say, but it does kind of sound entertaining to the thought. But nevertheless, he rejected it. What happened? The end result. Uh, verse number five. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. So we see that Cain, instead of being repentant, when God rejected his offering and instead of seeking God, asking God, well, what's wrong and what, what did I do wrong? He didn't seek any type of the right recourse, but his heart, we can see becoming hardened. His heart became hardened and obstinate. And instead of him becoming repentant, he became angry. All right, guys, I tell you what, let's stop there and we'll pick it up. Uh, in Genesis and our continuing study concerning Cain's actions to God's rejection in our next study. Catch you next time.